breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty. Mornings on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. Welcome to our comedy hour. 1017 <laughs> FM, 710 Keel. I'm so looking forward to this. Yeah, this is going to be fun. <laughs> In studio with us this morning, Shreveport Police Chief Wayne Smith, Shreveport Fire Chief Clarence Reese Jr., Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault, uh, Chris Bordelon back there too. He's he's he he's refereeing. Yeah, he's. <laughs> He's he's already he's got got his hand on his hip there just yeah. in case something happens. And Ruben's got his hand on the dump button. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's start first Mardi of all, Gras. Good morning, yeah. everybody. Thanks for coming. Good morning. Happy to be here. Mardi Gras big weekend. We got parades tonight, tomorrow, and Sunday. Um, first, the congrats to both the both chiefs. It looked like Centaur. We had non-event. I mean, everything went off without a hitch. It was a great event. We had an awesome time. Uh, that was. A situation or two along the way and probably the one uh that was the most i don't know terrifying to me was the fire department burnt the sausage <laughs> they burnt the down home sausage not, they does not. That. not down home sausage did they who, really they did who does that oh my god clarence he took, he took the first shot okay oh. <laughs> all right here, here we go <laughs> I couldn't help it. <laughs> Appreciate that. Now, do you think the weather had anything to do with lower crowds? Maybe there weren't as many incidents because there were fewer people, maybe less alcohol being consumed? Possibly so. Uh, I would think probably so. Uh, in bad weather, people would be a little bit more hesitant uh, to get their young children and to get out themselves. But it was a great crowd, a big crowd, and we really enjoyed it. Had a wonderful time. Chief Reese, medical calls at the parade. I saw a couple of ambulance runs. Nothing serious, though, right? Uh, nothing serious. We had about 10 medical calls. About four of them had to be transported to uh, area hospitals. Uh, but again, because of the rain, uh, there was a decrease in calls for service for us also. We want to talk real specifically about the parking situation for the parades, particularly Highland. Because I know if people park on both sides of the streets, you can't get your fire trucks or ambulances through. Real caution about that, right? Uh, absolutely. That's a concern for us every year. Uh, I think last year we had an issue with trying to get to one of the local restaurants, uh, and it was not as serious as uh, we thought it initially was, but uh, just one of the restaurants we had an issue getting to. So we already take precaution for a lot of the homes uh, in that neighborhood uh, because they do double park. Uh, mm -hmm. We try to control that, or we ask uh, for a, as much assistance as Shreveport Police Department can provide. Uh, with that. But again, that is always a concern. It's something we're looking at in the future of uh, trying to change. Are there streets designated as uh, one side of the street parking only during Mardi Gras? Uh, there are. Once you see that first, once, a, once another citizen sees that first car park, it's just a domino effect. Uh, and then, of course, they walk away from vehicles. So it's very hard to identify who, uh, who that is. But again, we have contingency plans in place. Uh, it may not be as conventional as we normally would like to fight a fire. Uh, but we're prepared either way. Chief Smith, the security for the parade, same kind of arrangement as last week? You have people coming from where to help? I, I do, and I can't thank our area partners 
so much and partners from across the state for coming in and assisting us. The Louisiana State Police uh, last parade had at least 15 state troopers here to help us. Uh, the Louisiana State Parole and Probation had around 35 to 40 that come from throughout the state here to help us, and we're expecting the same cooperation this time. And, of course, the Caddo Parish Sheriff's Department, who is always there to assist us, had um, a sizable regiment of people to help us out. Let me ask the mayor a question regarding Mardi Gras. These three parades this weekend are different animals in terms of the city. Highland, I believe, pays for their security. Um, Oceanus is on private property, so the city's really not involved. And then Jim and I, you guys pay for the... Um, they're, they're all handled differently. Am I wrong about that? They're, they're handled differently, both for historical reasons and, and for some financial reasons that, that have to do with the structure of the parades. And that's going to stay that way, you anticipate? Or, I or anticipate no? it staying that way. And you're, you're good with the way Highlands run? I know they've scaled back a little at the city's request because they've yeah. gotten really big. Highland is a wonderful is a wonderful parade. Uh, it it the biggest concerns we have are the ones that, that Chief Reese talked about. That is that we have narrow narrow streets in Highland, and uh, and unfortunately people do ignore the fact that you're not supposed to park on both sides of the street, uh, and it runs through the neighborhood. But uh, it is such a integral part of this season that we did not want to consider moving it. Okay. Chief Smith, what are the officers looking for when they're out patrolling? And many of them are on foot. Absolutely. Uh, obviously, we're looking for any violation of the law, but during this time, we're uh, especially uh, mindful of underage drinking. Uh, we'll have people at either parades early uh, that morning and the night of trying to prevent people from parking where they shouldn't park. Okay, and you're going to have... Uh, Extra security, eye in the sky, I ah. think is what it sounds like. Can How much can you tell us about that? Well, uh, I can talk on it a little bit. Uh, as you well know, uh, the administration uh, has been so generous in helping us to embrace new technology. And the city of Freeport now owns drones. And we use uh, drone technology to assist us uh, in events like this. And an eye in the sky can sometimes see uh, a lot more than an officer on the ground can. So you, when you have a drone capabilities, you've got to have officers that are licensed for that, right? We do. You can't just, people have a mis, misconception that you can just go buy a drone and fly it any place. Mm -hmm. That's not the case. Right. Uh, no. You have to be licensed in order to fly certain drones. E exactly. Officers have to be trained for that. Exactly. We have people that are certified and licensed as pilots. Uh, it's a pretty, you know, drooling a training process. And in addition to that, uh, here locally, we have uh, Barstale Air Force Base, and we have to be in cooperation right. in conjunction with them because of the airspace. Chief Reese, one more before we take a break, and we're going to keep you all here if you all, all don't mind. Um, a, a lot of concern, and Chief Smith mentioned about underage drinking. Um, how much do you all see? I mean, do you actually make ambulance runs because somebody has gone way over the edge? During Mardi Gras? Yes, we do. We make quite a bit of them. Uh, and what makes it very difficult is that uh, at one point they, they leave their parents to go do a lot of the underage drinking, and it's hard to locate them to find out medical history and everything else. The people that they're drinking with don't know that information, uh, but that is a problem every year uh, for us is that underage drinking. 
we got to watch that this year, definitely. Can we keep y'all all here? Do you mind? Sure. sure. Cool. You got donuts for Chiefs meat? We got uh, king cake. Oh, yeah, king cake. Well, too. He struck. He struck. King cake. Not donuts. He, he fired back. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that was a shot. That was a subtle That's shot. All right. That's all right. <laughs> Police Chief Wayne Smith, Fire Chief Claire Therese Jr., Mayor Tom Arsenault in studio, Mike and McCarty. 1017 FM, 710 Kiel Duck. Back with McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Keel, Mike and McCarty in studio with Shreveport Police Chief Wayne Smith, uh, Shreveport Fire Chief Clarence Reese Jr., Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault. We're talking about mostly talking about Mardi Gras, of course. Mm-hmm. Final weekend for a uh, Carnival season, Fat Tuesday coming up, uh, uh, Wednesday. Lent begins, I believe. Is that yep. how that works? One more thing for the mayor. I, some people are telling me it's a Tuesday's a state holiday. Um, in Louisiana, but it's not a city holiday, correct? It's not a city holiday. We I, will be open. We'll be there. Okay, and garbage will be picked up and all that good stuff. Garbage will be picked up okay. and all that stuff. Great. Uh, Chief Smith, Chief Reese, I want you each to take a minute. And folks that are listening to you that are thinking about coming out to Mardi Gras, um, what's your message to them? I mean, I'm going to leave it at that. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to give you a little hint because I know what you want to say. What do you want to tell folks? We're in the festive season that we prepare for and look forward to all year long. Uh, My advice would be to people, uh, use your own good judgment. Come out and enjoy the event. Bring your family, bring your your, your children, and have a great time. Uh, Be mindful of others. Be careful as you drive. Uh, Don't drink and drive, uh, of course, and come out and have a great time with us. I'll be there. Come rain, shine, sleet, or snow. Mm-hmm. We shall be there. We know parking is an issue, especially in the neighborhoods. A lot of the streets are going to be designated on, on parking on one side only. Uh, Chief Reese, uh, you said a minute ago that um, you work around it. We got a message on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. It says, tow them. If somebody's not, you know, if they're parked where they're not supposed to be parked, Tow the cars. Do you guys, Chief Smith, do you, do you guys tow cars during when they're not supposed to be there? That is a possibility. Uh, we, t- we ticket them without a doubt. Uh, but, you know, we try to be mindful of, of everyone during these festive seasons, and towing is a possibility. If it's very critical in an area where absolutely that has to happen, uh, you know, for public safety, we will tow. But, Chief Reese, you made a, you made a statement earlier that said, you know, once one person does it, then others go, oh, it's okay, and then they start parking. That's correct, and we try to uh, warn citizens about that, so especially the people that live in those neighborhoods, they're kind of the ones that are allowing it. They, they're their friends that are partying at their homes, uh, so we try to ask them to monitor, monitor that as, uh, as much as possible. Chief Reese, you're, you're the youngster in the room. Um, <laughs> I'm not well, throwing, I'm not, I'm not throwing out any darts, <laughs> but I... I let me ask you some advice yes. for people who have youngsters that are in middle school or early high school. At what point do you think it's okay to let those... I've talked to parents and they're like, I'm not letting my kids roam free, but I know y'all deal with that. You deal with the middle school kids who are just given, you know, carte blanche and they can go run around the duck pond and go crazy and y'all, y'all end up dealing with it. Absolutely. Uh, one of the things is you're going to have to know your kids. Uh, you, have to, you have to know your kids. There's, uh, you know, sex predators are still a thing. 
Uh, mm-hmm. So you have to be very careful and keep a, keep an eye out on your kids. Uh, let them go to certain sections where you know they're friends uh, is also an important piece of advice. But they also, those friends can be in bad influences too. You might think they're with their friends, but one of them may decide, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to have some vodka laced gummies. Try these. Right. Uh, you are absolutely correct. While I am the youngest in the room, I'm still, I'm old school. Uh, <laughs> so I still believe in knowing my friends, right. uh, my, do- my daughter's friends also, and their parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. And so one of the first calls I think we received this past weekend was someone, a child who had gotten separated from their parents. And we later found, you know, the young kid, Chief Reef was around there somewhere and we mm-hmm. found him, but I <laughs> <laughs> one of the first calls. I'm glad he brought that up because that's one of the things I had on my list is, uh, especially for us, is knowing your location. There are poles with numbers on them going down Clyde Fant, also in uh, going down Kings or East Kings. There are poles, so knowing the lo- knowing those lo- locations. In Shreve City, we ask that you use uh, the stores, landmarks, so that we can find you. When it's that many people and we're covering that much uh, mm-hmm. street, uh, we need to know your uh, we need to know your locations. If you if, if you don't know where you are, we can't find you. Oh, uh, that makes, yeah. it, makes it difficult. A, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. I remember years ago when I was with the Bossier City Police Department, and I was with my field training officer, and uh, and and he looked at me. Of course, it's the middle of the night, and we're we're riding, and he goes, "Where are we?" Mm-hmm. Oh my! Goes, and I said, "What?" And I looked. He goes, "Where are we right now?" Yeah. And I thought, and that meant, and that stuck with me, and that's mm-hmm. a great. Thing to teach your kids, absolutely, absolutely. you know, where are you? Where are we right now? Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, we're at the corner of such and such, or we're in the six, mm-hmm. you know, six hundred block of such and such. That's a that's a great point to make. And one of the great things we began to do is require all officers to wear the bright colored reflective vest, so you can be much easier uh, seen. And the fire department is following suit also. DWI arrester and centaur. Did y'all have many? Uh, we had a few okay. afterward. Yes, we, yes, we did. And that's a big concern. I really want to stress that. If you're going to drink at these parades, have someone to drive you home. Absolutely. Have a designated driver because we've got officers out there uh, looking because that's a safety issue for all of us traveling on our streets and highways. Mardi Gras parades tonight, 7 o'clock at Small St. Vincent. Y'all aren't actively involved in that, but if needed, you'll go. Absolutely. Okay. And then um, tomorrow is Gemini. How early do you guys start putting up the barricades and all that? Actually, we start today uh, uh, monitoring the path that they take uh, to try to prevent people from uh, parking Mm -hmm. uh, in places that they shouldn't, trying to prevent people from uh, reserving spots and camping out the night before. Uh, but we'll start today. One last thing for the mayor. I know I'm going long, Michael. I'm sorry. The reserve spots on the duck pond, is that going to stay the same? Are you good with the arrangement that we've had with regard to that? Oh, yes. And I, I, I think we'd have an open rebellion if we tried to do something different <laughs> than that. So, uh, yes, we, uh, I think that's a, it's a good way to monitor, uh, to, to monitor how many people are there, and it actually helps us, I think, with crowd control. How about selling spots on the parkway? Have you thought about it? I haven't thought about it, but that's a family That's a family area, mm-hmm. and I'd hate to exclude uh, families from that, but we have okay. not given that any thought. And if you did that, you would seem almost to limit the number of people that would be able to go down, if you, if, you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I was just curious if the city owns a bunch of property and you could make a ton of money yeah. doing it, and you know... 
Well, we don't make it. We don't make well, a right, ton of money right. doing it. Number one, <laughs> uh, number two, it, right. it it creates some issues for the. Uh, it would create additional issues for law enforcement because uh, then you have something else to regulate. Ah, uh, I got you. I think about seven a.m. that morning, uh, we open up the parkway for anyone mm-hmm. who come in first come first serve. Mm-hmm. One more thing. I'm sorry. Chief Reese, do you have extra people on staff for this too? You call in extra forces for this to uh, be on do. standby? We uh we have about forty Shreveport firemen. We also use Cattle Fire District One, uh, and we also uh, we're gracious to have uh, Ballantine Ambulance Service provide uh, ambulances and do a lot of our transportation uh, for us at the parade. Thank I'm kind of disappointed. These guys were so they well behaved. I, I was, know. you know, the mirrors in the room. I mean, yeah. our boss is here. Shreveport Fire Chief Clarence Reese Jr., Police Chief Wayne Smith. Thank you so much. You guys stay safe, Mayor. Thank you for coming in. My pleasure. Mikey McCarty, one hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel dot com. Let's get back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. One oh one seven FM seven ten Kiel, Mike and McCarty. Okay. What's let's see, this is what, February the ninth. Wow, it's my parents' wedding anniversary. Oh, well, oh my gosh. Well, they're both. I don't know. I know, but I I couldn't tell you mine. Really? How do you know that? I just do. Okay. I'm a girl. We know those Um, things. I know mine. No, no, I I know mine. Uh, My wife doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Time change. Next month, right? March 10th. Daylight saving time starts. Oh, when are we going to end this lunacy? Well, we have we a keep, law I know. in place. We keep talking about it. And when they, the feds do it, we go. We ours kicks in. When are the feds going to do it? I, you call Mike. I'm gonna call Mike Johnson and tell because him. I know that needs to be top on his priority list right now. <laughs> That's the most thing he's concerned with. I so want it. And <laughs> I I I really wanted to stay light. During the summer. So that's what I want daylight saving time. You know what? Honestly, to. I don't care which one you choose. You don't? I don't care. Just choose one and leave it alone. Right. Right. I like the later light lightness during the okay, summertime. Okay, fine. That's fine. I don't care. But people will gripe later in the year when the oh, kids are, are in the dark gripe. at people. the bus stop. So, What was the line? She's, she's it's like a woman who has a Virginia ham under her arm and complains because she's got no bread. You know. <laughs> God, shut up. <laughs> Quit bitching all the time. Not you. Oh, not know, you. Know, I'm saying people. Yeah, they will. They'll gripe about it. That's for sure. We, we spring forward. Yeah. That March means we 10th? lose an hour. March 10. Oh, that's going to be here before we know it. How but arrogant. then we'll have more daylight. You don't have more daylight. <laughs> it doesn't change the number of... <laughs> Hours of daylight. We have more daylight when I want it. How's that? It can be dark while I'm at work. I'm okay with that. Regardless of what we call it, it's I know. still. <laughs> I want to be able to enjoy the daylight more. How's that? Well, how did? <laughs> Leave it alone. 
Don't ask me if I'm late or early for church either. Reuben knows that we don't want to go there. I can never get that right. I remember one year when we were kids, showed up at church and nobody was there. Oh, I've done that. It's like, that's kind of a scary, it's a little yeah. scary when you're a kid. Right. Nobody's at church. Nobody's at church. Exactly. <laughs> what we miss? It's scary when you're a 42-year-old woman too. Yeah. A friend told me. Yeah, you you hear, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah you've yeah. heard. One hundred one seven FM, seven ten Keel. More breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on one hundred one seven FM and seven ten Keel. By the way, I know you. Look, you said you are going to a Super Bowl party this year? No. 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 Oh. I'm trying to get the address where the mayor's going, and I'm going there. Uh, no kidding. <laughs> Lobster. Lobster being served. He said, think... he goes, we're having fancy food. I'm like, well, what's fancy? Is that the, you know, the, the Doritos with the, yeah. with the guacamole? That's the party I want to crash. I used to crash. Uh, in fact, I'm going to save my subject for later because this is kind of funny. I used to crash... Um, crawfish boils and literally i would pull up to a neighborhood where i heard there was a crawfish boil <laughs> i'd pull up i'd get out and i'd introduce myself hey i'm aaron mccarty to to one or two people and they'd be like yeah come on you know and somebody would know who i was or have heard the name and they would they would assume i was invited <laughs> i would exactly i literally would go over get a big you know those cardboard tray get a big thing a tray of crawfish crawfish i'd get the potatoes and the the corn i'd get a beer or two i'd sit down and i'd start chatting sometime the host would even come over and they would hey how are you and they would think somebody else invited me (laughs) exactly like i did this about 12 times and i would and this was i think when we we were on kvki at the time and I would just, people assumed, I, and I, it was a big running joke on the air. How many parties could I crash before someone would go, who invited you? Why, why are you here? <laughs> nobody, would, nobody would dare to ask. E- nobody did. No, the, You could go do that and you could crash parties and nobody would have a clue. I told you, I, I got backstage and, and sat and hung out in the dressing room with Garth Brooks mm-hmm. and my wife back there. We didn't even have tickets to the concert. Right. <laughs> if you want, there's a, there's a movie back from the 80s, Michael Keaton movie called The Paper. Great movie, by the way. Okay. Robert Duvall, Michael Keaton. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a line in there where they're, they're going into some office and one of the guys goes, you can't walk in. And he goes, give me a clipboard. Michael Keaton says, you can walk any place in the world with a clipboard and an attitude. <laughs> That's true. Because who's going to stop you? They're, yeah. they're, like you said, they're going to think, oh, well, they belong there. They're well, you, supposed to be you there. You can't crash crawfish boils anymore. Because you know why? why? Not? Because crawfish are thirteen ninety nine a pound well, and the yeah. ice yeah. chests are locked. <laughs> to get yeah. any crawfish out of the no ice chest, kidding. you have to have the secret code that you got <laughs> texted. Are there crawfish the boils now? Nobody's I, having I'm them. I'm curious. I'm curious to know. I heard some people at lunch yesterday at another table talking about, what are those crawfish? They're $15 a bag? Mm -hmm. No. And I looked over and said, no, ma'am, a pound. And the bag is, what, 30 pounds, isn't it? Who's doing a crawfish boil with those I'm curious on the Shreveport Security Systems message board. uh, Are you or do you know somebody that is having a crawfish boil right now or or going on? Yeah, do. Send us the address, too.
Why yeah, not it? Yeah. <laughs> when, 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 when are you having it? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who could afford that? Coming up next hour, by the way, ADA Ross Owens is going to join us uh, talking about the deputy-involved shooting earlier mm-hmm. this week. We'll get some more details on that. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Kiel. E. Big stories of the day with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. <laughs> Sorry, we we yesterday. Um, oh, oh my gosh! The oh Matthew Lynn mm-hmm. from the crew of Highland. Yep, brought in a king cake. He brought it in from um, Julianne's. Julianne's king cake mm-hmm. it was very good. Aaron got the damn baby. Got the <laughs> wasn't going to say that, but. <laughs> Got the baby. Yep. So she actually, Reuben, she actually brought in a king cake, and, and you brought in one from Lila's this Lila's, morning. Lila's, I've we heard. We just now broke into it. Oh, and this is a healthy king cake because this has got the cream cheese, so it's cheese and bread. It's a cheese sandwich, Reuben. I don't think that's how it works. But that's not how <laughs> it works. There's no mayonnaise, so it's healthy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't have any extra stuff on it. Uh, this is good, though. Is it? Yeah, this is This pretty, is good. Pretty, I'm not sure how I rank yesterday's to today's. Dang tasty. Yesterday was like a cinnamon one with no cream cheese in it, though. So they're different. Okay, Super Bowl. You said you're not going to a Super Bowl party. I'm not going to a Super Bowl party. I'm not planning on it. If, if I get a an invite here in the next day or two, I'm the kind that pops see, in. I don't I'll mind leave. going if I don't care about the game. Right. Right. People go, come over, we're going to watch the LSU game. No, I don't want to go because you don't watch the game. You want to talk. I want to mm-hmm. watch the game, so I'd rather stay home with my Jameson. I mean, with <laughs> just myself and, and watch the game. Um, a few a little, little figures for mm-hmm. this year's Super Bowl. Okay. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs have appeared in the Super Bowl. How many times would you think? Who? Six, correct. Six. Yeah, six times. Wow. Counting, I mean, counting this, this will be the sixth. Three wins. Ooh, yeah, I they're know. the defending champs. Yeah, pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. 49ers have appeared in the Super Bowl eight times. I would have said ten. Okay. Eight times, five wins. Ooh. Uh, Allegiant Stadium will hold about 71,835 people. That's it? I know. It seems rather small. Yeah. But, Aaron, if tickets are going for, what, six, $8,000? Eight grand, yeah. Oh, my gosh. A suite inside that stadium is $1.8 million and a suite holds 20 people. Now Who's in the Taylor Swift suite? That's what I can't wait to see. <laughs> here's a stat for uh, Lieutenant Governor Billy Nungesser. Expected boost to the local economy, of course, in Las Vegas this year. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Las Vegas is a little different than any other market. $1.1 billion Ooh. economic input, uh, impact. <laughs> I saw Kelsey's brother won 60 grand gambling. He's out there already. He was, I think he was blackjack. Projected spending per Super Bowl tourist that's out there. Oh, my. They expect per person to spend about $275. That's all? 
That seems low to me. That's very low. On food and drink. I was going to say, that would be your food bill. That would be your food bill. Easy. On food and drink. Yeah. One night in a hotel. The lowest daily rate for the hotel in the area. What would you think? This is actually lower than I would have expected, but oh, this may be a Motel 6. 400? 299. Oh, that's the lowest. Okay. That's the lowest rate. Oh, that's, that, that's, average that's price, a bed bug motel. The average price of a ticket on the resale market, $10,752. Oh. Holy cow. Wow. You got to really want to get in there. Yeah, you really do. I really don't. I don't either. <laughs> I got other ways I can spend that money. <laughs> 1017 FM 710 Kiel, uh, Mayor Tom Arsenault talking uh, after the news. In studio with Shreveport Mayor Tom Arsenault, Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM 710 Keel. And uh, talking about the now the water and sewage rate increase that you're proposing and uh, telling us why, first of all, that we're looking at this. For the last three years, the uh, city has uh, failed to meet its uh, commitments uh, as set forth in our water and sewer revenue bonds. So we're technically in default on those bonds and we are we have failed to meet the promises that we made to the people that invested in those bonds so it's very important for now and for the future that we meet our commitments so uh, the fortunate thing about this is that when we first proposed it we thought it would have to have a 20 percent increase to do that uh, due to the genius of uh, the chief administrative officer tom dark uh, we have uh, figured out a way to do it with only a 10% increase. And uh, we we regret the 10% increase. I, it, was, uh, it was one of those decisions. It wasn't difficult, but it was disappointing in that it's uh, not something that we want to impose on our rate payers. But uh, it is something that's necessary for the future to keep us in compliance with our bond covenants. And also, uh, when you when you look at your bond covenants and whether or not in your compliant you're in compliance, uh, future lenders are going to look at that and they're going to determine what kind of interest rates they're willing to offer you uh, on your new bonds. And uh, as you know, we have a I'm proposing that we go out for a uh, for a bond issue uh, in April. And when when that passes and we get ready to sell those bonds, this kind of thing is going to be very important. To the to the the people who would buy those bonds, Mayor. When you say we're in in default, uh, do you mean we're not paying back? Do you mean we're paying at a lower rate than we should be paying? No, we haven't missed any payments at okay. all. Um, the the this the, there's a certain ratio that we have to maintain that that basically assures the bondholders that there'll be enough money to make the debt service payments. We're making our debt service payments. We haven't okay. missed a single payment. Okay. We're not going to miss any any payments. But this is one of those things that is typical in a revenue bond situation uh, that you have to keep your rates to a certain level and your revenues to a certain level to assure them that there's enough going to be enough money to pay to pay the principal and interest on the bond. Sorry if I missed this. When was the last rate increase? I believe I believe it was in either 2020 or 2021, I, and I think it was 2021. 
And prior to that, we'd put a we'd put a a step increase in where it went up so much each year. Correct. Is that going to be necessary? Do you think? Do you think we're going to need to see another increase in a, in another year or two? We don't. We don't think that there'll be need to be an increase. Uh, need to be an increase as a result of this ratio uh, in the next year or two. Or we would be proposing step mm-hmm. step increases. Um, we we will wait and see. Uh, depending on what happens with our consent decree, because part of that, part of the consent decree work is financed by general funds uh, that are in the Water and Sewer Enterprise Fund. Part of that is uh, is financed through Water and Sewer Revenue Bonds. And so uh, we know that we're going to have additional work to do. We have, right now, we have some cash reserves that don't count toward that ratio, but they are important in terms of doing work we have some cash available to do some work. We hope we can pace that out so that we could either avoid or minimize future rate increases. City council members have been critical and, and essentially delayed this last time, um, saying that there's not been education of the public. People don't know who, who can't afford it, where they can go to get help. Um, and obviously you're now t- you're taking steps. But I believe you probably had already started that. But what is the what are what is your answer to what the council did last time in delaying? Well, we always had planned we always had planned to have a public education uh, public education campaign. Uh, I, my personal plan, frankly, was to wait until it actually was introduced uh, mm-hmm. before we before we went into that. We received some criticism for that, and so uh, I have given you a, a rate card. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is that is going to be mailed to every meter holder uh, in Shreveport, so that they will be able to see. Hey, here's why we're doing this. Here's what we're doing, and and also there's a chart that'll show you kind of some examples of what might happen. Obviously, everybody's water bill is different, and so mm-hmm. I we can't tell every single customer what their increase will be. But this is designed at at the minimum, which is two thousand gallons a month. And then uh, a little higher at four thousand, a little higher at six thousand. There are all kinds of assumptions that go in that go into this. And sure. if it were a financial statement, it would be full of footnotes. But uh, this is one of those things that we're trying to educate the public as to what the impact on their particular water bill will be. If you don't have your bill in front of you, is there a way that you can go online and check your monthly usage? I think you can check your your monthly usage, but the easiest way to look at to look at it is uh, you know to take your bill, and it is not ten percent of the total bill because there are some things on the bill that are not subject to this ten percent ten percent increase. There's a a safe drinking water fee of a dollar, a security fee of fifty cents, and the garbage fee of seven dollars. Those are not increasing with this particular revenue. Mm-hmm. Uh, with this particular rate increase. So you basically have four different charges on your water bill that are subject to the rate increase. You have a monthly water charge, Mm -hmm. you have a quantity water charge, you have a monthly sewer charge, and you have a quantity sewer charge. Those four things are what are going to increase by 10% under this proposal. And that's a range of, it looks like about 4 to 9 or $10 for the average customer, correct? That's, that's what we think. We, we think it's a relatively modest, uh, relatively modest. It, it works out to less than 10% of your water bill because right. there's some things that are not. So mine, mine, for example, is a nine, on my particular water bill is about a 9% increase. 
let me ask you, does this, is, does this have anything to do, is it connected in any way with the work we're doing on the consent decree? And if we got any movement from the EPA on nego- renegotiating that deal, I know that's been talked about a long time. Are these two completely separate deals? Well, they're, they're indirectly related for sure. Uh, part of the, the, the revenue bonds that were issued were issued to do the work for the consent decree. Mm-hmm. So definitely there's a direct correlation between the consent decree work and this rate increase. We are still negotiating with the, uh, with the Justice Department on that. Mm-hmm. What we're hoping to do is to change some of the things that we are doing uh, so that we're addressing the most serious problems first rather than a, uh, addressing all the problems in geographical areas. It just makes more sense to do it that way. And the second thing we're trying to do is to extend the time period. You know, we have about, about half our citizens are at or below the poverty level. And that means that rate increases and things like that hit those people extra hard. And we're very sensitive to that and are trying to move some of our compliance out into future years so that we would not have to have the kind of rate increases that we had uh, that we had previously. But this money from the, that will be generated from this, most of it is going to be used to pay off debt. It's not going to be used to fix our pipes. Is, am I hearing you it, right? That's, that's right. Okay. That, that is right. Although it does help, you know, one of the things that's in the, in the mailer that we're sending out is that our cost of treatment and uh, has increased about 22% since 2021. It's a huge number, and uh, we're we're not passing all of that along to the ratepayer. We're we've managed through our our excellent management with William Daniel uh, at the Water and Sewer Department. Uh, we just have been very fortunate. Mm-hmm. Mayor, on your on your flyer here, it says the rates will go into effect on the April water bill. Uh, what's the next step in this process? Is this on the city council agenda officially yet? Is, it is. is, it is have on you gotten the, feedback from them? It's on the council. It's on the council agenda for introduction, and we we believe it will actually be introduced this time, and then it will be up for a vote on February the twenty seventh. I also want to mention uh, there's information about our swap program, which is an, an assistant program assistance program for people who are unable to pay the bill. We're trying to publicize that. It was very little used in, 20, uh, in 2023. We had, for example, we had about a half a million dollars set aside for that and, and used less than $100,000 of it. So, And that's it, for people who can't afford the, to pay it, right? That's exactly right. But they can't be on that forever. They can't be on it forever, but okay. we're, we're also working on loosening up the, the regulations for that so okay. that more people will be able to take advantage of it. Because obviously people didn't know about it or they weren't able to access it as much as they needed to. And, okay. and the money is there. We've set it aside. So we want to make sure that people take advantage of and it. And that's called yeah. SWAP, S-W-A-P mm-hmm. program. Yes. Shreveport Water and Sewage, I would imagine, program. Yeah. Yes. Thank you Assistance for coming in. Program. We yeah. appreciate that. So it's my pl- always a pleasure to be here. Save me a lobster. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Sneak one out we're in your gonna, pocket or something. We're going to get an address here coming off, off the air. We'll find out where we're going. Back with more of Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Well, I-20 continues to be a f- uh, just a fun circus all the way around, especially in Bozier. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's being reported that the west that the westbound lane is that correct going to be closed? Uh, not going to be. Uh, that it's um, it's been pitched that they shut down westbound I twenty from Industrial Drive to Hamilton Road. But I oh just oh my gosh, that's a huge section. And they would close it for the duration of the project, which is another year. Um, because they've had two hundred wrecks up there. They've given out nearly 500 tickets, either tickets or warnings, for truckers who are just ignoring the mandatory detour route. Um, and they're having, when, when there's a wreck right there, we all know how narrow it is. It shuts things down. That's it, the westbound lane. Westbound side has been the problematic area, they tell me. And, um, but I called Aaron Buchanan just a few moments ago with DOTD, and she says these reports of it shutting down are very premature. And it, it is, they're looking at all options to kind of... So it's in discussion, but nothing has been decided. Nothing's been decided. Okay. Um, they, in fact, the consultant, she told me that, you know, early on, that was a possible option to close the interstate down completely and use an alternate route. Um, and another option was to close the westbound lanes only and maybe use the eastbound as back and forth and work on the westbound side first and the east. But we're now, now we're working on both sides together, so you can't. You don't, that's not an option. Um, but she said there's been no decision about shutting down I-20 westbound in Bossier. And some businesses are already up in arms about it, thinking you'll crush our business if you shut down the interstate. We could not afford to do that for a full year um, and everybody go around or use Highway 80 Um that would be the, you know, in-town traffic would use East Texas, I would assume. So they're expecting to make a decision in the next couple of weeks. But again, no decision has been made yet about shutting down I-20 in Bossier City. They're discussing all alternatives, mm-hmm. all ways to avoid, you know, this creepy crawler. And, and, you know, one option would be park a police officer up there at the beginning of it. I know on the eastbound well, there's side. One, there's one up there. But they, they're not allowed to move, I don't think. Well, the car's not even manned. The, the, it, the, is, it is a lot, actually. I've driven by. I just, when I go to the TV station, mm-hmm. sometimes I go by there, and that car, there's a Treeport police officer mm-hmm. that's parked there with the lights on, and there is somebody in there. 24-7? I, I, don't, I don't see anybody in the morning when I pass by, but um, the lights are on, and it's slowing things down. But maybe you keep a... You know, a, a police officer out there, maybe that's the answer. And everybody comes up with the funds to do it so that there is somebody there and they can radio ahead. Hey, stop car, blah, blah, blah. You know, right. perhaps perhaps they issue tickets in the mail. Have they talked about that at all? Yeah, you but know, that, won't still, that still won't slow people down in, you know. Maybe if you put signs present. up, we have, you know, we have a... Uh, uh, camera ticket zone coming here. I don't know how quickly you could get that done, but I'm just saying they have to find an, hopefully find an alternative to closing the full interstate down because that, oh, that's a, that's a tough alternative. That's when a you, huge stretch. Yeah, when you I, didn't go in with that in mind. You didn't go in with that in mind and now you'd have to shut it all down for a year. That's a long time. But you said there's been 200 wrecks? Is that's, that what you said? That's 200? what they say. 200 wrecks since they started. Wow. And when there is a wreck there, we all know that shuts it down because mm-hmm. there's no other way to get through. And westbound has been the problem area. Eastbound has been a problem, but not nearly as bad as westbound. And the biggest problem is the trucks that are ignoring the signs. 
that, so, you know. yeah, they have to get off their at Louisiana Downs and mm-hmm. go go the 220. And they don't do it, a lot right. of them. So, anyway. Coming up here uh, after the local news, ADA Ross Owens going to join us. Uh, give us some more details on the deputy-involved shooting from earlier this week. Mike and McCarty, 1017FM710Keel.com. Back to the show with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Kiel. I'm sure you're aware of the fact we had a deputy involved shooting with the suspect that was killed by law enforcement officers. We uh, will speak with uh, Assistant District Attorney Ross Owens uh, with more details about that involvement coming up just after the break. Mike and McCarty, 1017 FM, 710 Keel, and on the free Keel app. Breaking news and trending talk with Mike and McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. Well, when you do live radio, it happens. 1017 FM, 710 Keel, Mike and McCarty scheduled to uh, speak with ADA Ross Owens from the district attorney's office. Uh, deputy involved shooting earlier this week, uh, 19-year-old Javaria Taylor. Mm-hmm. The suspect uh, was killed after he fired upon officers, uh, striking deputy... When, what would, I'm, I'm so sorry. Justin Dunn. Justin Dunn mm-hmm. uh, in the shoulder. Uh, Deputy Dunn is is okay. The bullet was removed and he was released from the hospital. Uh, but the suspect was killed when officers, after Taylor opened fire, they, uh, they began firing on the vehicle that mm-hmm. uh, uh, Taylor was in along with another young lady. The, the, the issue here is that um, this suspect, Mr. Taylor, was in Caddo Court in September. He was in a Caddo courtroom on charges related to um, guns and drugs, scheduled one, scheduled one and two drugs, I believe marijuana and something else, and in possession of a gun. And was convicted. And, and pled guilty. He, he, didn't, he wasn't convicted by a jury. He entered a, a plea of guilty to a lesser charge. I think some of the charges were dismissed, and a, a gun charge was, um, he was found guilty on the gun charge. And he was given a three-year sentence, which was suspended by Judge Aaron Lee Waddell Garrett. Um, Ross Owens was the prosecutor for the DA's office, and he is in studio with us now, and I thank you for coming. Good morning. Okay. Good morning. Thank you. Uh, I know you want to explain because everybody's kind of outraged when they hear this is a gun charge. Three weeks later, this man allegedly killed someone in Jackson Parish after leaving a Caddo courtroom. Um, and so folks are outraged about how is this guy set free after being arrested on a gun charge and gone to court. Explain how that works, how it happens. Certainly. So uh, in, ju- in July, a uh, Shreveport police officer pulled over a vehicle. There were three individuals in that vehicle. Uh, there was a Glock handgun in the back seat floorboard, two backpacks with some uh, marijuana and methamphetamine inside the backpack. All three individuals denied any knowledge of the illegal drugs or the firearm. <coughs> There's a one paragraph report 
from the officer who decided to pull the vehicle over that indicates what I just said. There's another one paragraph report from the officer that was assisting the main officer. Mm-hmm. <coughs> so what you have is three people in a vehicle with a gun and some drugs. They are all three arrested for possession with intent to distribute and possession of that firearm while in possession of a controlled dangerous substance. Was Mr. Taylor the driver of that he car? He was the driver of that vehicle. Okay. So, <clears throat> if we three are in that vehicle, and uh, is it Mike? Mm-hmm. Mike. Mm-hmm. So, if Mike and I are in that vehicle with you, and you, when the lights hit and the siren hits, and you pull out of your purse and throw a Glock and some drugs at his feet, and we all get arrested and deny knowledge, who's responsible? Hmm. Police arrest on probable cause. The standard to convict in the United States is proof beyond a reasonable doubt. So law enforcement arrests on that threshold. Prosecutors have the higher burden. Sometime between arrest and conviction or resolution, between communications with the law enforcement agencies and the prosecutors, we hope to get proof beyond a reasonable doubt. Did we do prints on the gun? Whose prints were on it? We don't have a resource. No, none of that was done. So do we, we know whose gun it was? Do we know who we bought it? No, we do not. Was it a stolen gun? We, I don't remember off the top of my head whether it was a stolen gun. Mm-hmm. So given those facts and the fact that the officer who pulled the individuals over at the time was not coming when we issued summons. Why? Well, I don't know. I never did find out. Well, that's it's a seen, problem. It's a huge problem. We ended up having to issue a writ and ask the judge to have the officer brought to court. Are you serious? That officer is no longer with SPD. Okay. But it's a factor. So I am the supervisor for that section. The lawyer that that handled that case works for me. Well, she works for Judge Stewart, but we work together. She is a rock. She is a fantastic person. She is brilliant as a lawyer, far smarter than I am. And she leaves late every night. Mm-hmm. One of the things I have to do is tell her to pay attention when she leaves the courthouse every day. Mm-hmm. Because I worry about her going to her truck. Because she wants to make sure she does a dang good job in every file. Three lawyers in the DA's office handle the cases for those officers. The officers in that fugitive task force, by and large, are the narcotics officers that we in the drug section work with or mm-hmm. the violent crimes task force that we in the drug section work with. I'm the lawyer for the violent crimes task force. When they have a house surrounded, they call me. She is my backup. What happened with the other two in the car? The person in the back seat and the driver both pled guilty to attempted gun and CDS or trigger lock as okay. we call it. It's called trigger lock based on a federal initiative under that name. If you have a gun and an illegal substance, it's a felony together. Rather than dismiss, because we don't have proof beyond a reasonable doubt, we try to get a felony conviction on someone we think might be a bad individual. And then they're under the supervision of probation and parole, another underappreciated agency. In mm-hmm. our, they, they have to go in and deal with people that are known to be felons, potentially violent. Right. Knock on the door and go and, see and step in their house. What happened with the third person? He was pled guilty to just possession of marijuana. Okay. So it's never, it's never, well, it may be, it's rarely cut and dry. I can tell you this. Every single person in that DA's office, just like every police officer, is trying to do the right thing. 
and we bust our tails every day. And uh, knowing the facts, nobody in law enforcement, nobody, no police officer or prosecutor would, without getting the reports, make such a callous statement. Mm-hmm. It just wouldn't happen. A, sure. a callous statement about uh, he was arrested with drugs and they let him go. That was ridiculous and shouldn't mm-hmm. have been said by any member of experienced law enforcement or the prosecutors. You're, so you're talking about Sheriff Prater here. I am. That upsets you? Yes. Okay. Um, the, the prosecutor I work with, I've been doing this for 30 years. I've been in federal court, state court. I've negotiated with governments, uh, ju- law enforcement agencies in foreign countries. Should the three have perhaps not been all three arrested? What, I mean, what's potentially, the offer? Potentially, if the officers, if we have more resources, we have to do our jobs and the police have to do their jobs with the resources they have. Those police officers have to, to make do. If they had had the resources to, uh, if they were like the FBI, for example, and they had more time and energy, then they get the three people out of the car and they spend an hour or two talking to each individual, tracing where they were that day. Mm-hmm. They find out the purchase per- potential on the car, uh, where it was registered, find out where each lives, and eventually maybe somebody cracks. But we didn't have that. No. After they, you said, you said a moment ago when, when Aaron asked about prints on the gun that you don't have the capabilities? We don't have the resources first. So you can't do like DNA said who handled that gun? We can if, if we have unlimited resources. We have murders and rapes that have to take top priority. And, and so what you do is you take uh, the likelihood of results and the worth or value of the case. So, for example, this surface would leave a print. Mm-hmm. But something like a gun is hard to get a print off of. And it, if, it's, uh, if it's the handle, you might get one off the slide mm-hmm. and you might get DNA. But, it's, but you might also get a DNA report from someone else that handled that gun, which hurts my case. Because then the guy, because just possession is all I need. And if I've got somebody else's DNA at trial, he's going to say someone else did this, not me. Ross, let me ask you this question. I'm talking to Ross Owens, assistant DA who prosecuted the case of Javeria Taylor. I apologize. I, I'm the supervisor of the section. One of the lawyers I work with okay. prosecuted the case. Okay, I'm sorry. I apologize. Um, if we were to adopt a policy that said, if we have anybody in our court system, in the system, on a gun charge, we're not going to plea them. We're going to pursue it. How bogged down would the system get? Is that unreasonable to say that? Yes. Well, two, two things. First, um, is it better to, to try those individuals and get a not guilty? Or is it better to have them on supervision? And have a felony so that if they're arrested again, we can charge them as a habitual offender. Or it's a felony now for any of those individuals that are convicted of that offense to have a gun. So when a probation and parole officer enters their house and there's a gun on the table, they got a new felony that's 5 to 20 and we can put away for longer. Mm-hmm. So, so that charge is designed, or we use that charge, to help protect the public. And then... Uh, resources is the other. We, we just don't have the resources to do DNA. The DNA analysis lab ha- has all they can do doing rapes and murders. We don't want to swamp them on a low return request. If can somebody's we- important, mm-hmm. if, if violent crimes call, I'm the lawyer, so they'll call me. They say, we've got a bad guy. Please do the DNA on this. Make it a rush. We do that. 
can we track the guns better? Like, do we know the history of that gun that was in that car? Um, I don't off the top of my head, but the Violent Crimes Task Force does. There's a, there's a program called, uh, there's an, a, an asset called NIBIN, and it's a, a firearms identification machine. And so what the Violent Crimes Task Force does uh, is make an effort to take and target anyone with guns that they think might be a problem in this area. They call me, they say, I've got these facts, is that enough? I say yes or no. I tell them what they need to do to make the warrant work. I then alert Judge Aaron Lee that we've got a warrant coming. And, and, uh, and then they go in the house, they seize a bunch of guns. We may only get one or two convictions, but we've gotten a bunch of guns that all get processed for Nibin. And then we say, compare that to all the casings of any shootings in this area. And we might match it to a shooter somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, but... For example, um, 365, 24, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, I'm on call. And that means, since I'm doing it for the narcotics unit and for the violent crimes unit, the judge I work in front of gets bothered because I'm that. That's Erin Lee Waddell. She's mm-hmm. been on call 24-7, 365 days a year for five years, six years. Never gets a, a holiday completely alone because I call. When they have a house surrounded, 24-7, 365. So a flippant comment by the sheriff was disrespectful. What do you say then? I know this may be a little emotional for you. What do you say then to the um, family in Jonesboro in in Jackson Parish that three weeks later this man... Who allegedly, was in court on gun charges. Allegedly killed their family member. I'm, I'm sorry for their loss. I am tragically, uh, there is no loss of life. Um, I mean, that th- should be applauded. And I, and I um, but we do the best we can with the facts we have. Mm-hmm. We do the best we can with the facts we have. And under the circumstances, um, we did the best we could with what we had. And there isn't a time. I have a rock working with me in Miss Jefferson, and, and it is solace to me because we, I worry the last thing I say to the officers, I, I approved two or three last night before I went to sleep, and the last thing I say to those officers is, please be safe. Mm-hmm. And every time I hear of an officer shooting, the first thing I do is pray that they're alive and safe, and the second thing is wonder if it's one of the ones I work with. I work with Justin Dunn, and I have for years. I used to teach uh, when he was at the academy. He is a solid, stand-up law enforcement officer and a great person. And it breaks my heart that he was in this situation. But we did the best we could. and Nothing we can do better? No, that everybody. I, I'm human, and it's mm-hmm. a human system, and there's always something. I didn't mean to imply that we, can't, we don't have room for improvement. We do. Um, um, and I, you know, I'm, I could. Will make a anything list. change as a result of this case? No, not not that I can think of. I mean, we constantly are open to improvement. We do uh, evaluations and we have meetings and uh, we sit down to say, "Is there any, anything we can do better?" And the court we work in front of is open to that. And and my boss is constantly bringing us stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. He's one of the most. Uh, there isn't a single problem. I, I've handled rape, murder. Uh, robbery, you name it, every, not a single problem I presented to Judge Stewart that he hadn't already walked through and knows mm-hmm. the answer to. We're going to have to schedule more time. Yeah, we, this, we could do it. We could do an awesome. hour Can easily. Can we get you back, come back one day? Yes. Permission my boss, yes. Sir. You bet. Ross thank Owens you. in studio, Mike and McCarty, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you all.
1017 FM 710 Keel.com. Back with McCarty on 1017 FM and 710 Keel. I, I so appreciate Ross coming in mm-hmm. um, because it is, it's, it's you and I, we get the information that we get and then we, we make our judgments based on that information. And when you hear what they have to deal with in the DA's office. A lot more to it. There's a lot more to it. The DA is going to come in one morning next week. We're going to get him here too. Mikey McCarty, have a great weekend. 1017 FM, 710 Kiel is at Le Bon Temps Brûlé.